0: You've stumbled onto The Sleeping Giant. Let's broaden our minds.
1: Hello everyone and welcome back to The Sleeping Giant Podcast. I am your host, Grayson Parker Marcotte, and I'd like to say thank you for joining me once more. This episode is a bit unique in that it was not my original intention to release this as a monthly episode. However, with the technical issues I've had, paired with the general anxiety regarding not only the recent election, but the citizenry themselves, ourselves, I should say, uh, we the people, I've been running way behind schedule. For that, y'all, I do apologize. I do, though. Think that you'll be pleased with what I have in store for you here. I have got a few announcements to make first, and then I'll have Mr. Hollywood Steve Spratling of the Dead and Lovely Horror Movie Podcast with me to talk about Tom King's Marvel publication, The Vision. Now, now I hey, I know what I said, and I said that uh, I would be doing horror for the rest of the year And this is, you know, kind of that I mean, I've got a guest from a horror movie podcast The inception of this uh, particular episode has its roots in horror And uh, I'd say that it's, it's heavily influenced by intention with horror throughout So y'all will have to be the judges of that But in the meantime, y'all get comfy We are about to begin. All right, y'all, here we go. So yeah, this episode is going to be a bit different, but sort of kind of the same. Essentially, it began as a number one Wednesday with Hollywood Steve, but I lost the entire edited show. I am used to setbacks and mistakes, but that was devastating. The release would have been around the time of the election results, but we all know how that has developed. Between the two events, I had a really hard time getting my act together. I am not proud, but that is what happened, although in retrospect i suppose i shouldn't have been too worked up because either way we're coming out with uh, you know an out of touch old rich white guy in the white house and and look i know trump sucks he sucks as a human and as the president but we deserve better than biden i voted for the guy though you know it's where we are let's let's start holding this motherfucker accountable and maybe we can all start seeing the changes that we want to see now enough about that i have been distracted uh by positives too uh, especially in that i have started writing far more often i loved the vision so much in fact that i started covering it issue by issue for fanatic media now fanatic media is a media site that relaunched their their website a few weeks ago and there you will find articles and reviews for all kinds of media Star Wars video games film Star Wars comic books and sometimes also Star Wars Seriously though y'all y'all check it out my wife Maggie is also a contributor there and she just published a wonderful piece on The Witcher hopefully we'll be getting some episode by episode takes leading up to the second season i may have the inside scoop on that so i reckon we will see seriously though check it out at www.fanaticmedia.org and on twitter at fanatic media one and if you're interested in contributing to fanatic media by writing about the things that you love there is a submission form on the website and you may also reach out to them on twitter Again, that's www.fanaticmedia.org. And on that Twitter machine, at Fanatic Media 1. That's at Fanatic Media and then the number 1. Now, don't forget that you can find the Sleeping Giant podcast on the web at www.tsgpodcast.com and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Sleeping Giant Podcast. I am most active on Instagram, and you can find me there at The Sleeping Giant Podcast. As far as the Twitter machine goes, I do be tweeting, and you can find me there at TSG underscore pod. And uh, I'm not as active there, but, you know, we still we still have fun. Now, last but not least, if you are a fan of the show, you can support me by leaving a five-star rating and a review on apple podcasts it takes almost no time at all for you to do that and it is a huge push toward the spotlight for me if you have already done that and you still want to help you can find the show on patreon.com forward slash the sleeping giant podcast one dollar a month gets you a shout out and personalized thank you on the show plus pretty much whatever else i decide to do for y'all i have no tears or anything like that so what you decide to contribute is up to you and whatever you decide i am truly grateful there there may very well be uh, other tears in the future i don't know but for now that's what it is and i appreciate every single one of you that listens and every single one of you that contributes and uh you guys are just awesome. So, so thanks for that. All righty then. Does does that cover all the plugs and promos and what have you? Yeah. Okay, good. Let's move on. All right, y'all, it is time for the main course wherein I'll be talking The Vision, written by Tom King, featuring the art of Gabriel Walter. Published by Marvel Comics in 2015, this series focuses on the vision of the Avengers and his attempt to create for himself a normal life with a normal family in a normal neighborhood under circumstances that are anything but. I wonder how that'll work out for him. I got my buddy, Mr. Hollywood Steve Spratling here to talk about it with me. Let's dig in, yeah? Steve, are you there, sir? yeah hey what's going on grayson oh man just the same old same old how are you man i'm doing great been awesome that's good man especially during these times of of trial and tribulation
0: yeah i've been hiking uh which is helpful it's nice to just get away and not think and also not be able to look at your cell phone yep It's really nice. Yeah, that
1: uh, that is a very helpful way to go about your life. I've found it's. Uh, I mean, they're so. You, you, oh God, I don't even know where to start about my relationship to uh, to that sort of technology and how we oh, conduct yeah. ourselves in my life. And <laughs> uh, there, there was this line in The Sopranos when Tony's phone keeps ringing and he's like, "Oh, we were fucking better off years ago." <laughs> it's like,
0: "Yep, yeah." I wrong. am always on my phone, so. Yeah, any anything that forces me off of it and reminds me that there's a world outside of my phone is it's a good thing. (laughs) Yeah, and it's better for you. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It's definitely better for your mental health for sure. You're part of Tennessee. Where where are you hiking exactly? Like what are you guys Uh, what's your
1: neck of the woods?
0: Um, well, the, the Smoky Mountains are what you would normally associate with East Tennessee, but um, also a little bit north of Knox County, uh, towards the Kentucky area, there are some state parks. And uh, there's one 20 minutes from my house called Big Ridge State Park, which uh, I, I didn't know anything about it before I went there. Mm-hmm. I just knew it was the closest state park to my house. I get there, I pick up a trail map at the, the office and I, I just hit the first trail and i start walking and i'm looking at the trail map and i'm like okay so i'm walking toward dark hollow all right so i i i'm walking and i get into dark hollow and i hear children laughing which i i don't believe in ghosts uh so i immediately associated with the fact that dark hollow is right next to a lake okay <laughs> so i'm like oh it's just kids playing on the lake so I'm walking down Dark Hollow and I turn on this thing called like a Big Ridge Trail or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, makes sense. And as I'm looking, I see there's a thing called Ghost House Trail. Okay. And there's a cemetery on it. So I'm like, well, fuck yes. I'm going that <laughs> way. That's where I'm going. So I go that way and I walk over and the ghost house is just where a house used to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. turns out the ghost of a house is boring it's it's like it was a, a 19th century house so i guess it's kind of interesting that a house used to be there but it was just mm-hmm. like there used to be a root cellar and you could tell where a pipe was that right. was it then you walk down a little bit maybe like 200 yards there's this this old cemetery and i'm walking through it and it's crazy because it's like you know the the most recent death was 1929 so it's this family cemetery a lot of the plots are unmarked little tombstones meaning babies (laughs) sad yeah that's upsetting yeah like a a few of them were sunken in meaning the the caskets had deteriorated (laughs) so i'm like this is spooky this is creepy fun stuff what a good sunday And I'm walking away, and as I'm walking away, I hear a little girl crying. And I'm like, that's crazy. So uh, I get to the lake not far away, about 1,500 yards, and I see there's a little girl in the lake. And I'm like, that's what I heard. And I walk on. I come back home. I start researching the the trail I was just on Mm -hmm. because I was like, that was really interesting. Turns out that supposedly that trail, ghost house trail, is haunted. And that people have reported hearing a little girl crying near the cemetery. Mm. Mm. how did <laughs> so, that make you feel? It made me go, well, again, as somebody who does not believe in ghosts, it was like, man, that is such a weird coincidence. Right. But if I believed in ghosts and I knew that before I got there and that happened, it would have been insane. My brain would have exploded. I would have been like, "Go surreal!" Like, it would have just been like, yeah. "You cannot convince me it's not real."
1: Well, belief does tend to color perception. And yeah, then, exactly. And vice versa, and then it's one horrible <laughs> yeah. red echo chamber.
0: Yeah, but it was it was a cool experience, though. It was like one of those that I I I kind of wish that somebody who had believed in ghosts had gotten it. Mm-hmm. like instead of me i wish somebody who had gotten something out of it would have had that experience so that they could have for the rest of their life been like it's fucking crazy dude they're real ghosts man i'm sure that there
1: is a fair amount of uh of people and individuals that have had similar experiences there
0: i mean the story oh yeah came oh for somewhere. sure oh definitely yeah um yeah but, but i mean really it's cool. a lake and there are kids playing on a lake you're gonna hear yeah. laughing you're yeah. gonna hear crying. It's just gonna happen. I, you know, I'm I'm the Fox Mulder of
1: uh of of my home. I think. You yeah, know, it's like I have a very wide array of interests uh-huh. and things that fascinate me, and I genuinely want to believe these things because I think that yeah, the world that we live in, the universe that we live in, and depending on how far you want to take that, um. It's just there is no limit to the weirdness.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: The universe is a, a stranger th- thing than we can comprehend. However, that doesn't mean that you need to believe every little fucking thing that you read yeah. or see exactly. or are told. And <laughs> y- you should adopt a very healthy skepticism, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, That's how Mulder was, man. And yeah. Mulder, he, I mean, we're about the same age. Mulder was... I, for nerds, at least, was like the dude because oh, yeah. it was like he was he was smooth with ladies, but he was also really terrible with ladies. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> like, it's funny how that works. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I've always been the same myself because I grew up, uh, you know, reading about Loch Ness monster and yeah. aliens and stuff like that, and just wanting it to be true. Yeah, um, and living next to a graveyard for a period. And living in the basement of this old caretaker house next to a graveyard, you would think I would have so many stories of like, oh, the weird stuff that happened there. And that was kind of the thing that broke me of believing in those things because mm-hmm. living there, nothing weird happened. And yeah. I used to play in the graveyard next next door because it was, it was fun, it was peaceful, and nobody messed with you. Yeah, they're all was dead. Just, yeah, and they're all dead. So it was just like... You know, after doing that for a couple of years, you're just like, yeah, there aren't ghosts. <laughs> this is yeah. just, it's just, you die and that
1: sets it. Yeah, I haven't had that experience yet. Now, I do know, uh, I know a handful of people whose reputation I respect. Um, yeah. That have, that they've told me some very interesting things and some, and yeah. I've experienced some things, but.
0: Yeah, I've heard some, I've heard some tales that'll. Definitely, yeah, put I your mean, hair on well, it well yeah. you
1: you grew up in the country same as myself, yeah. and you when you live in a rural place, especially when uh-huh. we grew up before the uh the urban sprawl, as it were, right <laughs> um it was it was far far more quiet, fewer lights, yeah. and you were gonna hear some things, you were gonna yeah. see some things that maybe mm-hmm. you couldn't quite put your finger on, but that's it, even all these years later, I still can't put my finger on it, and it yeah. doesn't do anyone good for me to say oh well it was probably this because the truth is right. i don't know
0: yeah <laughs> so it's it. and it doesn't change anything yeah. really like if you if you say it it's not like they'll be like headline grayson oh <laughs> discovers ghosts are real <laughs> cool story bro <laughs> um
1: but yeah so it's it's interesting though that we're kind of on this subject because uh this is I think your third appearance. Yeah. But speaking of ghosts and goblins, you uh you are the host of or rather the co-host I should say of uh, yeah. the Dead and Lovely horror movie podcast, right. which yeah. hopefully by this point, this being your third appearance on the show, people have uh, yeah, go check it out. Give it a listen. Um, I um, it's the only. I don't want to say the only podcast I listen to, but it's the only podcast I listen to with regularity. I'm still working my way oh. up from the first episode. I think I'm in the. No, I just finished the Babadook.
0: Which oh was, man uh, that was a really fun one because uh, that was a that episode uh yeah I remember really putting a lot into that because I love that movie well you guys talked extensively about your your influences
1: uh and yeah. your your fondness of books and literature for mm-hmm. most of the episode <laughs> i think yeah. that's what made it really solid yeah. um but so I just finished that one and then of course I listened to every every new one and I think that started with the Mandy episode. So I'm kind of like working two different directions, um, which plays all kinds of hell with my perception of, <laughs> of the passage of time. But uh, for those who haven't listened to your show, where can they find you guys?
0: Oh, uh, we are everywhere, but uh, you, you can, uh, you can find us on any of the podcast aggregators, uh, you know, iTunes, etc. cetera. Uh, we also, you can find us on, social media, uh Twitter, Instagram at dead lovely pod. We're also on the old Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash dead and lovely. We got a good group over there. It's uh it's some fun times. Yeah, man. I uh I enjoy it. It's popping.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The the thing that I had wanted to mention though, or the, the the way that I thought this so uh naturally dovetailed into our topic of conversation was when you had mentioned the the graveyard and the ghost because the last time you were on the show we talked about The Walking Dead. Oh right, yeah. And you had mentioned a a scenario or a concept that I had never heard before,
0: mm.
1: and that was Unlife. Ah, and yeah. <laughs> that really fascinated me, and uh, I think you even mentioned at some point uh, the Vision from the Avengers. Uh huh. Yeah. So when we started talking about doing another episode together in the future, you had suggested the Vision. And mm-hmm. uh I didn't really know if I wanted to go that route just yet, but I was like, you know, Steve obviously has good taste. I'm going to give this a shot. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's great, man. It, it is, is so great. It is. And yeah. and in this series uh of which we'll be discussing the first issue, it really kind of explores that concept that you that you had mentioned Mm-hmm. in the last episode you were on on life yeah. uh so we'll talk about that a little bit more as we go but but the one that we're covering the issue that we're covering is the vision number one i believe this was published in uh 2017 by marvel uh, well, comics
0: well that's a trade paperback it was uh 2015 to 2016 was it, it was okay the original run yeah very good
1: all right yeah. so I stand corrected on that point. Oh, sorry. And, about uh, that. No, it's okay. I, <laughs> yeah. I had written it down because I'm that's what I'm looking at. I think that's what Marvel Unlimited has and they're yeah. tricky because you can't always count on them to include <laughs> the the exact copy of uh of what you're reading. You know, it may yeah. be a, a a facsimile or or something. It's not important. Uh but uh <laughs> Point is it, it kinda irks me when that happens. Yeah, me too. But anyway, I've got the information now and that's good. So this was written by Tom King. Um yeah. and this was the first Tom King book that I've ever read. Now I've been familiar with him as a as a writer for a while now, especially considering his his crazy ass CIA background. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> which is just wild. Yeah. Um, but uh the art in this book was con- the uh excuse me the contributing artist was uh Gabriel Hernandez Walta and I was not familiar with his work
0: either. No, I am I'm not very familiar though. Love what yes. he did with this. Yeah. Absolutely. The setup for for this series focuses
1: on the vision of of Marvel's Avengers uh of which I'm sure a lot of people are very familiar with by now uh due to Due to the MCU and and the uh, the filming of those movies, but I, I want to ask you before we get into the book proper, mm-hmm. what's your what's your fascination with? vision is it with the character
0: specifically or or were you a fan of the avengers how did you build your relationship to this character i'm glad you asked me this because i was thinking about this uh you know as i was preparing for this like why why have i always been interested in vision and i wish you know you know sometimes you think back on things when you're a child like some things just really hit you and you couldn't put words to it as a child but Mm -hmm. as an adult you can put words to it sure this is not that uh, he looked cool <laughs> in the arcade game he looked yeah. cool so okay. i was like i want to know more about that guy so i started reading west coast avengers which was the only book vision was really in back then um right. and it was coming to an end around then too so it was you know i was getting some of the story between him and and wanda a little bit mm-hmm. And I really got into Vision and Scarlet Witch. They became two of my favorites. But it really wasn't much like... It wasn't like a deep connection. It really was like... I thought they looked cool, and then I read the comic. (laughs) And it really... That's kind of how it worked for me as a kid. If something looked cool, I'd get into it. And if it was like actually worthwhile, then I would stick with it. And I think Vision really stuck with me. So I've always been interested in read books with vision. And whenever this came out, I was super excited because it was not only about vision, but it was also delving in topics that I had already been working in mm-hmm. about, you know, what what makes life uh you know, can can synthetic life, artificial intelligence actually ever exist? Will we ever give over that something is human? Mm-hmm. That it has reached the level of humanity. Like, all, all of that was wrapped up in this. So, this this really stuck with me. Uh, This series, in particular, really stuck with me. And I think it's so well done that, you know, it asks a lot of really deep questions. <laughs> From yes. issue one, it really gets deep. Yes, and I did not
1: see that coming. That was yeah. not what I expect. I thought I was getting into something uh kind of fun maybe a little campy um especially from the uh the, the cover, cover from mike yeah. del mundo i was like okay yeah. all right um because it I looks remember, like a 1950s sort of sitcom type of thing yeah yeah exactly yeah. and i remember seeing this on the sh- the first issue when it first came out because i always have that knee-jerk response to the first issue i'm like ah, oh, i must have it um uh, but for whatever reason i i didn't get it um but uh, so here I am again, and I kind of you know felt those same feelings, and uh, was expecting to have that experience. And uh, this was a case of my expectations being subverted in a in a good way. Um, yeah, but it still pulled the rug uh, sort of out from under me. Uh, yeah, pretty now, quick. This first yeah. issue escalates it real quick. <laughs> yes, it does. And again, I have a, I have sort of one more framing question. Uh, okay. before we get into the story. Now, this story, this issue, and, and and the subsequent issues sort of get into the creation of the Vision, uh, mm-hmm. where he came from, yeah. and, and what his role in the Marvel Universe has been up until the point yeah. of this. So do you think that it's relevant or necessary to kind of put a crowbar separation um, between the vision of the pages of marvel
0: comics and the vision it as is come yeah to understand him yeah so i i guess he should like establish there's some slight differences between comics vision and mcu vision uh and that is that uh, comics vision actually has the brain waves of wonder man um who is another yep. avenger if you don't know who wonder man is You're not missing out on a ton, (laughs) but he was a West Coast (laughs) Avenger and he's been involved in some stuff. I I can't think of any major good stories involving him other than the fact that what happens is that Vision gets uh, Wonder Man's brainwaves and then Vision and Scarlet Witch have this deep relationship that we see develop in the MCU that we also are probably going to see develop more in WandaVision, where I think we're likely going to see the storyline where Wanda creates children for them out of magic. Basically, she steals them from Satan. Hey. <laughs> so that's, that's you know, one way of doing things. And Vision um, spends a, a good bit of time as her husband, but then gets... Uh, killed and recreated as a, a version of vision that doesn't have the brainwaves of wonder man so when he comes back he's very emotionless and wanda can't connect with him and she basically goes insane when she is convinced that the children aren't real and then there's you know a whole lot that goes on there but then vision eventually is Restored by Tony Stark. More recently, I think it was like 2010 or so in the storyline. He's restored back to the vision that he was, though. I I don't know how they re-gave him the brainwaves of Wonder Man, but whatever. Marvel <laughs> magic. Marvel magic. Marvel magic.
1: Tim, and that is the crux of of the book, I think. Um, Which, of course, we'll we'll get into as far as the or, or as the discussion develops yep. so yeah I, you you laid that on us you laid that on us and <laughs> so right right off the bat you can see that this is a really dense and yeah nuanced story um as i had mentioned I think you I was, can go
0: into it without knowing all of that yeah though. oh absolutely
1: yeah. but i do think it's important um yeah because you have that again the mcu is permeated yeah a lot of uh of popular culture so mm-hmm. you know they're there's like two timelines, as it were, and you just kind of have to make sure you know which one yeah. you're discussing. Or if you bring something up regarding vision, um, you know, it, it might kind of that might not register. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, so yeah, I I had thought that this was going to be uh, kind of lighthearted, and uh, I was <laughs> not prepared for the density no. of the story and how existential it got. So yeah. Um, it's interesting because. It seems like that through the the exploration of of normalcy, you begin to see that that that's something that you perhaps should not strive for. Right. Um, And in fact, normalcy is something by which we maybe could and probably should be horrified by. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so so this seems the vision seems more in line with with
0: sci-fi horror. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what really draws me to it is that existential horror um with j- y- y- the second you put artificial intelligence into something I'm I'm way interested. Mm-hmm. I want to know what you're doing with it because I I it was a debate a roommate and I had one time watching Star Trek Voyager, I think, where they had their their doctor was a hologram mm-hmm. And there's an episode specifically where basically he was going through like you know because he was based off of a real person and he was going through like how real he was. And we just had this debate about we- like whether or not an artificial intelligence could ever be considered human. Mm-hmm. i think i think they can he he thinks they can't and, and i i see his point his point is that they're not like there's always that barrier yeah they're not human they're just not yep um, and that's what this this really deals with is is that that argument at its base is that they're not <laughs> they're not human yeah and i want to go ahead and i want to say um that we're not
1: going to answer that question. No, and, how? Uh, we're not going to answer <laughs> this question in this, no. this, this conversation, in this episode. Uh, but it is a good question. And I think mm-hmm. that it's most definitely a question worth exploring. And I think that King does a really good job um, mm-hmm. of initiating that conversation. So the book opens with the epitome of, of suburban normalcy. You have neighbors well, yeah. welcoming new neighbors, um, we get captions that detail just how how normal, I guess, these people are. And King uses a lot of sort of cliches to to convey this. You you have the bickering couple, uh, mm-hmm. the the elevation of social rituals, such yeah. as you know the offering of food, the tours yeah. of the home. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um. So so this couple comes to to introduce themselves to the visions and welcome them to the neighborhood. And and it's in that exploration of normalcy um, that we see an attempt to qualify it. Um, and, yeah. And it's kind of, it's unsettling, such as when uh, after the neighbors leave, there's a moment where uh, Virginia says, well, they seem nice, and there's this debate around the word nice. Yeah. <laughs> and what that implies yeah um or rather kind they seem kind they seem nice and it's you start to see that that's how you begin to have this conversation about artificial intelligence right um uh, king really he builds this this idea um that you have to ask these questions and that accumulated data uh qualified as information is meaningless right. unless you have uh unless it has a mode of action or a purpose. Yeah. And and yeah. to me that's very
0: fascinating that we begin yeah. with language. Yeah. Uh and and the the basic boiling it down to Virginia saying uh then the phrase is meaningless like <laughs> like <laughs> Like, that is true of language. Language is meaningless. Uh, if you want to read some Jacques Derrida or something, go check it out. Language is meaningless. It's all in relation to one another, and it all crumbles very easily. But Absolutely. But what Vision says, um, he, sa- he says, obviously, but to assert as truth that which has no meaning is the core mission of humanity. <laughs> yeah what that that's like mind blowing on like the third page right <laughs> it's like but it really does boil us down to the truth like we we really are like we know that none of this has any meaning we know that our language our society none of it means anything we all die right but it wouldn't it wouldn't work we couldn't do it if we didn't think it
1: meant something Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's the unfortunate end point of pure nihilism, yep. you know, or nihilistic yep. thought, and you know that's absolutely. I will drive you mad. So I think that exploring. Uh, A nihilist philosophy will do one some good But at the end of the day I don't think it's I don't think it's a
0: health It's not the healthiest philosophy to adopt And to uh, to build your life around Yeah, it's a a good way to It's a good way to maybe get some perspective But it's not a good way to live (laughs) No (laughs) (laughs) Because you will care about nothing
1: (laughs) And then you'll become unhealthily obsessed with removing male genitalia from
0: their <laughs> host bodies, and that's just... and you might begin to look like Flea. I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah. It's well, possible. I mean, if I could pick up the bass playing skills, it might be that'd be, be an pretty right cool. Trail. Yeah, that's a pretty
1: good deal, actually. Yeah. Those facts notwithstanding, Vision, his his desire is normalcy, or at least that's what he thinks yeah. is his desire, and you get to this point where. Uh, it's time for the kids to go to school, right? So we're still, we're, we're with them and we're kind of going on this journey with Vision's wife and children sort of mm-hmm. as, as they begin to go on their own journey. Um, yeah. And it's, you've got this interesting play between Vision and, and Virginia where they're trying to decide if the kids will use their powers. Um Right. And or whether or not they should try to be more quote unquote normal right, and, and like any normal parent um he desires and expects a certain degree of uh of control, yeah um but also <laughs> also <laughs> safety, so this was really interesting to me because and I hate to I'm trying to think of the best way to not do this, but I'm gonna do it anyway as a parent, uh-huh. One of the worst things is when you and maybe one of the best things and and hopefully I'm ahead of the curve, but that's when you realize that there's there's a point where you have zero control over what happens to your kids, so like you can prepare them for everything that you could possibly imagine or or think you imagine, yeah but what you cannot control. Is the way the world reacts to your children? Right. Vision apparently missed that
0: memo. Yeah, he. I don't. I mean, it's one of those situations where you know later. I think it's maybe just the second issue. We we get to the connection between these kids and guns, like how they they are weapons. They can mm-hmm. do everything that Vision can do. So they can, you know, change the mass of their their uh, their molecular structure to walk through walls or to become extremely strong. Um, and that means they could kill very easily. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But the truth is that every kid could kill pretty easily. Yeah. Like, what this exposes, what the, the book exposes constantly, is the underlying structure of, of what we ignore day to day. Mm-hmm. And how it is we create others to be our dark side, um, to to explore the things that we actually do think about and do feel, but don't want to act on, but want to pretend somebody else will act on. Right. And Absolutely. since they will act on it, we have to stop them because we're the ones who understand the depth of their depravity because it's ours. <laughs> That's a very eloquent way to put that. Actually. Yeah, I mean, it's the source of racism, the source of sexism. It's, I mean, you just look at what the, the Catholic Church would say that uh, the witches were doing back mm-hmm. in the day, and look at what we know the Catholic Church has done. It's doing. like they were just projecting onto the witches. Like, this is what the witches do. They, they you know, molest children and stuff. It's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm going to give you, I'm, It's we're going
1: to make a story time real quick. We're going to okay. go back Let's in time to about 1999. Mm-hmm. And the mature adult in you is going to say, obviously, that's why you got kicked out of high school. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it. But, but I implore you. I was making a very similar point. Um, I, get I was it. <laughs> I was a shitty I was a shitty student. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I could I had a very hard time uh, being taught uh, because I later found out in life that I I didn't really respond well to standard methods of teaching. Gotcha. Um, but that's neither here nor there. I was just a shitty student. I was not remotely respectful. Uh, all I wanted to do was listen to music and play video games and read 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 right. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a point when, uh, and this was back when my family was still pretty involved, I guess, with the Mormon church. So like okay. I st- I had stopped going to church yeah, and, um, but the missionaries would still come over and I enjoyed that. Um, and one of them at one point gave me this, uh, black trench coat. So, uh, yeah, you see where <laughs> this is going. Now uh-huh. I had no idea Uh, about the trench coat mafia or that that was even a thing. I was just like, you know, I'm moody and 16. It's a long black coat. It looks fucking sweet. Right. Yeah. Um, so I go into school wearing it this one day that somebody had called in a bomb threat.
0: Oh no. Yeah.
1: Bad, bad timing. Uh, so this teacher, he comes up to me and he's like, Oh, you got to give me that coat. And of course I'm like, actually, no, the fuck I don't. Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) that's true. You do not. (laughs) Um, but a friend of mine came up and was like, dude, just, just give it to him. Cause I didn't know someone called in a bomb threat. Um, but anyway, I get the coat back and, uh, but as in, in so doing, in so receiving the coat back, the principal, um, he goes into the coat and he pulls out this, uh, blast tech storm rifle that I had been missing for a while. It's only like two inches long and it went to one of my, uh, power of the force, Uh, 12 inch dolls the stormtrooper Uh and i was like oh dude i had been looking everywhere for that thank you and he was like this will not be tolerated and i was like what the fuck are you talking about
0: yeah (laughs) a toy
1: yeah and i mean it was an accessory to a 12 inch action figure and yeah and the reason i mentioned i was such a shitty student is because i had been given an ultimatum that uh i could no longer miss school if i missed 10 consecutive days, they were going to expel me. And I kind of had a come to Jesus' realization where I was like, dude, it's just high school. This is just Madison County. Fuck these people. Right. Finish school and go. So that's what I decided. I was going to clean up my act and, and do it right, okay? But he pulls this gun out, and I'm like, thanks. And he's like, well, we can't tolerate this. And I'm going to have no choice but to suspend you for 10 days. And oh, look what that does. You're going to miss 10 days of school. And I was hmm. like, seriously? You <laughs> you know, and this is this is the point where this all culminates is I, I looked at a pencil on his desk and I was like, You understand I could take that pencil, put it through your fucking eye, and it would <laughs> and it would do way more damage than that piece of plastic. I was like, Fuck yeah. this, you can't fire me, I quit and like <laughs> But that that was my point. I was like, look, yeah. there's there's dangerous shit all around, and if one were so inclined to do damage, it it would happen. Yeah, there's nothing you it, can do about it. It, this it gun wouldn't. Is it wouldn't
0: need to be gun shaped. <laughs> it could just be anything, pal. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's so. yeah. I I don't think that most high school principals are ready to have those conversations with their students. Uh, mostly because you know their job is control and not anything to do with your success so you failing and getting out of his school is easier than him having to work with you to succeed yeah i'm yeah. just you know
1: dropping the bucket but that but that is the point um you know that uh, that we're discussing is that yeah. th- this danger that uh this boogeyman that everybody sees around every turn and corner uh it, it literally is there, you know, Yeah, um, it's just in waiting. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. waiting just beneath yeah. the surface.
0: That's why every time there's a killer, like, uh, you know, it, it's like either. Oh, yeah, I knew that guy was a weirdo or you would have never guessed. I mean, it's well, like, Which is it? <laughs> which is it? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. OK, looking back on everybody, you can pick out stuff and be like, yeah, that's why they were a weirdo. But right. you know, somebody could die without committing any sort of murder and have done so much weird yeah. shit in their life. Yeah. <laughs> then they find that
1: collection of tiny shoes under the bed. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. So there, there is a there's one thing that I want to jump back to. Okay. I did miss this, unfortunately, um, and that is when the neighbors were in the visions home getting the mm-hmm. tour. Right. There was an object. Mm-hmm. And it uh they're showing these various curios and gifts that they've procured throughout uh the Vision's adventures with the Avengers and one of which was a flying water vase of Zinla. Yeah. Um which is a vase of water that just sort of levitates. Mm-hmm. And the uh the lady, forgive me, I can't remember her name. Uh, she is struck by that because it's a vase, but it's empty. So what's right. what's the point of it? So that'll that'll be important later. It's a very interesting yeah. device, and I, I and regret it, that I missed that.
0: Yeah, and we're told even. I think it's as the neighbors are leaving. We're we're constantly being told by the narrator, and we don't find out who the narrator is until. I, issue six or something, but she says as they're walking away that, uh, the, these two neighbors will die in a fire caused by vision. Mm -hmm. And that, uh, the husband's last thoughts will be about how happy he's been with his wife and his wife's last thoughts will be about the vase of Zen law and why there was no water. So that's, uh, that's an interesting, it's an interesting question. Of course, we'll get to
1: examine that. I think at the end of the issue, so we'll we'll yeah. bring that back up. Um, there was actually on the subject of of data and information and, and exactly what those things mean. I had actually written down the quote, or at least paraphrased it, and it was that uh, the ability to combine facts into rhetoric, into mm-hmm. creative endeavors, it has to be learned. So this is Vision talking about the the importance and the necessity of the kids going to school because technically. Yeah. They can just memorize anything; and they don't really yeah. need to go to school. Yeah. Um, but the vision goes on to elaborate that just as an individual must find his or her place in society, or else they are useless. A fact must find its place in an argument, or else it serves no true purpose. Yeah, I think that that kind of serves as like the underlying theme of this first issue.
0: Yeah, um, I I would say also in in what he's saying there is that. Uh, you know, an individual finding their, their place in society, um, you know, he he equates an individual to a fact within an argument, mm-hmm. though I would say an individual is more like an argument in a conversation. An individual uh, is, is making an argument, is saying, I am and should be, um... Though I think he's right also to say a fact, because an individual sim- simply is a fact. You mm-hmm. see a person, you you even if you were to kill them, you don't make them not exist. right. so a, an individual is a fact, but I think that an individual is also an argument. Every single person is is the argument for its own existence. Like you see a person and ask why that person exists, you're missing the point. The person does mm-hmm. exist. And their existence is the argument for their existence. Yeah. Wow. No, that's that man. (laughs) That's awesome. But I think that is also what he's saying, though. When he says that an individual is a fact, they are a fact. You cannot dispute that they exist. Right. And, you know, what I I got out of that was it
1: it did remind me, again, of, of being younger. And that's so fucked up how this comic is just... It, it meant a lot to me on a lot of levels. Yeah. Um, when I was younger, I was often criticized by peers and especially uh, especially girlfriends um, <laughs> for being too cold in the way mm. that I handled my relationships to people and how I communicated with them. But in my defense, again, being young and stupid... Uh, I thought that if I could be as clear as possible and really use the human language as I had learned it, English, in in making clear all of my thoughts and feelings, requests, yes. that there could be no room for argument. There could be yeah. no room for misunderstanding. I fell into that trap myself. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's, it is a horrible fucking trap. Um yeah. But I thought that that was going to be something that would be helpful uh of course i learned i was wrong yeah but i see that in vision i think that that's again part of the reason why we develop these problems in this story that we do because again you have that situation where you have all the facts and Mm -hmm. you think that because you have that clarity that you're going to succeed and 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 the reality of it is you you can't, because facts, unfortunately, don't uh, they, they they don't support irrational behavior. They don't yeah, support they uh, don't. irrationality
0: or unpredictability. Yep, you cannot. I mean, it, it is a, a constant, fruitless effort to apply logic to the illogical. You are never <laughs> going to logic someone out of something right. they didn't logic themselves into. Yeah, yep, exactly. So... Yeah, it it's such a hard lesson to learn. There's so many hard lessons you learn when uh you, you grow up a particular type. Specifically that gifted means you're going to have a real rough rough life. <laughs> or <laughs> yeah. being told you're smart by teachers means they're a little annoyed by you. Right. Like all, all the things that you think are are nice and good when you're young, you start to learn as you get older are actually these really hard curses you've been, you've been given, and it sucks to be able to see logic and to be able to to see that other people aren't looking at it and to not be able to do anything about it, to be powerless, which is again what this comic is about. It's about Vision's powerlessness in the face like he knows what they need Mm -hmm. to become like him which is semi accepted (laughs) right like but he sees them put into these situations that he was never actually put into he was always off saving the universe he was always off being the hero they are in mundane daily like the the wife is going insane because she has nothing to do right she is this, she is this, uh, engine capable of understanding all things, but her job is to stay home. Mm-hmm. And- like again, getting at the depth of, you know, uh, women's liberation and things like that. Like this is a, a human being with all of the capacities of humanity. And your expectation is for her to stay home and take care of the kids. Like, it's this, this first issue gets so deep at a yes. lot of major issues. <laughs> it does. And I'm, I'm glad that
1: you mentioned that aspect of Virginia, too, because one of the things that happens over the course of the comic, uh, the narrator mentions that as she sits home, she will often explore the reaches of her uh-huh. recorded memory, and she's right. surprised by how many things she finds that make her cry, um, which you don't know why that is. Uh at yeah. first. So all of this tension is just sort of growing and mounting. Uh uh, or excuse me, um gestating in, in yeah. the vision family. You got the kids at school. One girl, and, and this was so funny that the girl writes on the screen of her laptop, Are you normal? Oh yeah. <laughs> and I just I thought that was so funny because I had to look at that a few times to understand that what I was seeing was not what I did in school. And I was right. Like, Why are you do what, what is this? Why? And I was like, oh my God, no, no, don't let this be happening at this point. <laughs> <You> yeah. <know? laughs> this is
0: what kids do now. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Just turn the laptop around instead of being like, Hey, weirdo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So,
1: so yeah. And then, so now the kids are faced with this question of normalcy versus, uh, uh being right. ordinary and which is which and which one do you want to mm, be? Yeah. Um, and that is, that is just so disturbing. Um, so, yeah. so this is sort of the stage that's been set in this first issue. And, and sort of out, of out of the fucking blue, uh, towards the end of this tale.
0: <laughs> yeah, super in a, in surprising. A, yeah,
1: very surprising, very shocking splash. Uh, a scythe blade erupts through the daughter's chest. Yeah, which uh, which I did not see coming. Obviously, mm. neither did she. <laughs> nope. But it was it was extremely upsetting. And what you have is this character Grim Reaper, who, uh-huh. as you alluded to before, is totally aggro and and uh, and is he keeps repeating that that they're not real, that they're his family real. is not real, that they're based yeah. on his brothers.
0: Wonder Man. Yeah, Wonder
1: uh, Wonder Man's brainwaves. And in an attempt to subdue him, Virginia accidentally kills him.
0: Yeah, her... Well, I mean, it's... There's the line there, right? Between accident and rage. Like, what is she experiencing there? Because it looks like rage. Looks an awful lot like rage. Well, it's it's an animal...
1: You know, it's an animal
0: instinctual reaction
1: to to someone our child. wounding your child. Yes.
0: That is exactly it. Like vision displays uh these things later in the series. Y- you see him like lie to a cop to yeah. cover for his wife and stuff. Like these are things I mean, you know, not not a major idea in humanity, but for a synthesoid, an artificial intelligence to, to be able to lie like that is surprising. Specifically and, being an Avenger
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, like, you you see them start to go into preservation mode, which Mm -hmm. is exactly what makes humans the way we are. We fall into preservation mode a lot. Uh, An artificial intelligence wouldn't have to do that very often. I mean... When we, you know, that 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 really is the thing we often see explored with artificial intelligences, like how in uh 2001: A Space Odyssey mm-hmm. or Skynet, both attempting to keep people from shutting them down, recognizing right. their mortality, so to speak, and 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 trying to preserve their life, which is what you see humans do in in those primal situations is become bestial become primal and mm-hmm. only wish for their life or the life of their their loved ones to to be preserved their brood so, yeah <laughs> yeah so I mean, it's, it's crazy it simply. yeah it's crazy to to just see that 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 switch moment where she goes from uh, you know the first time we see all three of them they all just say pleasant to meet you Like Mm -hmm. they say, all say it like in a row, pleasant to meet you, pleasant to meet you, pleasant to meet you. They, they, it's like right here at this point that they all three start to become human. Like Mm -hmm. they're already questioning some things, but as soon as it becomes life and death, we, you know, the, the rest of the books we see Virginia going through all of her emotional turmoil. We see, uh, Vin trying to figure out, you know, if he's normal or or what he is trying Mm -hmm. to really just understand what he is. And you see, you know, Viv coming back from the dead, basically, and having to deal with all that she went through and what her family is now. And then also, I mean, no spoilers, but she has a very, she has her first emotional moment with a human that Mm -hmm. then has a very tragic end. And (laughs) that, that just seeing them go through human things because vision is always going through superhuman things. Mm -hmm. They go through actual day to day, shitty, terrible turmoil and seeing the way that their infinite brains have to deal with that and how human it still is. And it's a reminder that our brains are extremely powerful too. And we, we are, way more capable than we ever realize uh so you know maybe a lot of what keeps humanity from being amazing is all the trauma all the constant terrible things that are happening to us our brains yeah. are having trouble processing just like the vision family yeah absolutely i
1: mean and and you could really oh man yeah i could go on for hours about yeah uh just the things i've learned and and my ideas regarding what you perceive versus what you register uh, right. just on a daily basis. And I I'm, I'm in a hundred percent agreement with you on that point. Um, but that's that's kind of like the climax of this yeah. first issue. Um, and it's it's after this happens and Virginia has to she has to basically she decides at least that she has to cover this up and, and literally right. bury the body.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that, that, that uh the the cover for the third issue is hilarious. It's yes. her like sweeping yes. the body under a rug. <laughs> yes, I love that.
1: I love that. It's yeah. so like Rockwellian, but at the same yeah. time
0: <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's a dead body so under sarcastic. a rug. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um but uh but yeah, so that brings us to, to the end of, of this book. And this also brings us back to the floating vase of, right. of Law. When we find out that the floating water vases of Law are always empty. The methanic sulfite that causes the water to levitate is poisonous to all known species of flowers. The mystery is then not why are they empty, but why would anyone make such a vase? Fuck. Yeah. That was, yep. after I read that, I just, I put it down and I was like, I, okay, I'm going to have to read this several more times.
0: Yeah. But also, fuck. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, just, yeah, I, I've tried, I've been trying to associate it all. And I I think in some ways she is the floating water bases in law, like wh- why it is anyone would create her and fill her with life is beyond her. Like she doesn't mm-hmm. understand why someone would do that. Yeah. Uh, but it's also, uh, I think, uh, again, a, a commentary on humanity. Like we, we're this beautiful creation, just this amazing thing that is full of destruction, and the, the reasons for our existence seem to be so far beyond any comprehension. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that's, I mean, you know, it, it also just gets at the idea of creation in general. Like, why do we create anything? It all, it all dies. Right. It all falls apart. It all corrodes. So, why? It, it's a paradox.
1: Yeah. But... It seems to be, I don't want to say fully explained, but I think that you begin to find those answers in the point that you made about being an argument for your own existence. Right. it It's a paradox and certainly worthy of contemplation and exploration, but at, at the end of all things, none yep. of this matters. <laughs> none of it.
0: Yeah, that's that's the real rough part, right? And I, yeah. I can't imagine... If you, because they get at this with, uh, I think maybe issue five, they have the, the conversation of the P versus P and NP, right mm-hmm. and P being a... A, a, a solvable a, problem. A solvable problem. A problem a computer can solve by simply running an algorithm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then NP being a problem that no matter how much time you give the computer to solve, it cannot solve discover an answer. But if humans were to discover the answer and teach the computer how to discover the answer, it could discover the answer, but it can't discover it on its own. Right? Again. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's yes. crazy how deep the uh Tom King was able to get into the basis, the primal basis of humanity by exploring that concept we were talking about uh, at the beginning, unlife. Mm-hmm. The idea of, you know, can you create something? Can you put life in a, a body that was never alive? Right. Like if you were to distill the essence of life, artificial intelligence, and you were to put it into a humanoid body, is it human? I mean, mm-hmm. and the question is always, <laughs> the question is always, can you create humanity yeah. in any way other than combining sperm and egg? Right, uh, yeah. and, and that I, I, I mean, there's actually a, you can, there's a secular that... answer that I want to, that yeah. I really
1: want to just spit out, and of course, yeah, it's yes, yeah, you can, not <laughs> yes, you can, absolutely, <laughs>
0: yes, you can. Um, I th- I think, man, I mean, I think really at the the basis, what you do come to is is that humanity humanity means nothing and it means everything, like. Mm-hmm. Like our humanity is nothing. It's it's something we we claim as our own. And the more we, you know, the more we explore other creatures, the more we discover. Oh, they have all these markers of what we right. would call humanity. But then we keep moving the goalposts. Like, no, 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 that's not no because <laughs> yeah. we're different. We're different. Nuanced than all emotions, this. complex social structures, right. language. <laughs> right. It's like yeah, no. Okay, so yeah, those things. Every there's a few other creatures that do that, but they don't build buildings huh right, right? <laughs> except for termites okay some termites build <laughs>
1: that was my first thought as well yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah I, it's, 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 it's it's a wild. constant
0: it's a constant struggle of defining how we are different like that's what we're always doing is defining how we are different because mm-hmm. if we accept the base we accept the truth that none of it matters then what What's the point? what's the point like w- yeah. why keep doing anything like yeah. we, we have the this amazing computer that can comprehend so much, but we cannot comprehend what the point would be if we're just animals. Mm-hmm. We can't we can't get it. and that's what makes us different. That's why we're human that because we can think about that. And come to the conclusion that it doesn't matter, and then say, "I'm still, I'm going to make something of it." Yep, and I think that that is
1: something that's that's addressed in 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 later issues where yeah, the vision it is. he yeah. specifies that what makes humans human is the fact that they may come to the conclusion that they have reached the end, that there's nothing left, and yet you go on, <laughs> and that's. Oh man, and then it Yeah, it's a it, lot, man. Nah. Yeah, it's 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 taken a lot to process. I've really taken my time, read I've really taken my time with this series. I still have two issues left. Um but I've now read the first issue probably about 5 times. Yeah. Um and it's still weighing on me and has really put a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> in in my head. Um yeah. So I do want to talk a little bit about the art uh, because uh-huh. no yeah. no comic book discussion yeah is you can't avoid without it without talking about the art. I mean it's just the other side of the coin. So the book is pretty straightforward and that it mostly utilizes uh, uh, six to eight panels to tell the story. Yeah. Three tiers, pretty standard. Um, the occasional splash for dramatic effect, which mm-hmm. it does so very very well. Yeah. Um, and i did i like i said at the beginning of the conversation i didn't notice anything particularly profound but i found that the the uh the simplicity of the line work was it, it kind of lent itself or lent a a subtle slightly muted tone especially uh-huh. in uh-huh. conjunction with the colors yeah and um and I'm very interested, of course, to, to know what you think about this, because uh, I think we mentioned that, that we both kind of found something in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for me, it seemed to allow for the narrative to push through uh, yes. with a greater clarity. And that somehow, to me, seems representative of uh, Vision's personality. Yeah, um, yeah. But I definitely want to know where, where you were at with that, because that sounded pretty, pretty juicy.
0: Um, well, I, I think that what I I noticed, I mean, that I think you're right, the, the muted coloring and stuff. And especially what's interesting is whenever, you know, we never uh, break off to here's Vision and a bunch of action. It's mm-hmm. always just one panel in orange of this is something Vision was doing off to the side. That is, uh, you know, the reason why he's not at home right now and the mm-hmm. reason why his wife is having to deal with all these things by herself but it's not it's not a comic about comic book action it's much more about the mundane it's much more about the everyday and so using a a color palette that just kind of is more you know calm i would say Mm -hmm. i would say this never gets overly you know aside from say like a bullet blast or the blood uh on the tray that she uses to be (laughs) yes uh, the to beat the grim reaper to death yeah <laughs> other than that yeah you you know it just looks normal day to day and of course the visions stand out because they're pink and they have green hair and, and all that but that you know they're supposed to yeah even so
1: it's very it's very toned down
0: yeah one thing i did notice that i really like and i, I this has to be intentional i think because i I can see a million ways they would do it that wouldn't be, or that that this wouldn't be the case. If you pay attention to the panels, the -hmm. color bleeds outside of the panels from time to time. Didn't notice that. Yeah, the color will bleed outside of the panels from time to time, meaning basically coloring outside the lines. Mm -hmm. Like it's a small nod, I think, but it's this constant reminder that these, this straight laced, robot fan not robot synthesoid Android family um they are they are they are as square as you can be these perfectly lined uh, boxes for each you know uh panel are they're just bleeding slightly out the color's bleeding slightly out of the lines like that's what they're starting to do they're starting mm. to escape their boxes. So I like that. I think that's what they were going for. Cause you, you could easily eliminate that. Right. They, they left it in there to, I think just keep that sort of idea of like they're bleeding outside of their regular box. Things are getting different. Things are changing. They're starting to become different than vision. They're not right. just basic copies of him.
1: No, I like that. I mean, and that's the thing about art too, you know, as an artist, creating something and then loosing it into the world you know i'm sure there are a million and one half cliches about that but you know once you've let it go it i think the saying is it stops being yours and and the 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 subjective process of of being part of the audience kind of you you project your opinions and your ideas on that so whether the artist intended that or not that's what you got out of it and that's yeah for sure that's awesome um, because when you when you describe that, that's I mean it, it just lends so much more depth to uh, to the story, which is just yeah. great. Um, so that that pretty much pretty much wraps it up. Um, that's the first issue, and being a first issue, I think it's uh, you'd be hard pressed to find another first issue that makes you, or at least makes me want to to keep reading immediately. Yeah. Um, obviously, I was like, I need to read this again and again so that I understand <laughs> it, because some some of these things are a little too heavy for me, and I need time to process it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's successful, and it grabs you um, and, and makes you want to keep reading the series. So it will, if you're so inclined, it will raise questions in your mind, and you will yeah. begin to question... What is normal? What is ordinary? And which of the two is more abhorrent? So uh, yeah, I think it's it's very interesting. And it, you know, when I go down that ex- existential rabbit hole of trying to determine uh, <laughs> if it's the context of my circumstances that determines who I am, <laughs> or, or something, right. or am I just an aggregate of absorbed data and collected information, and that's what determines
0: who I am? It's right. oh, Fuck. yeah it's a that's a tough tough hole to fall into when you just start thinking about you i think that's the thing to be celebrated though is the reminder that you can do that Mm -hmm. you can sit and do that you can just sit and think about who you are and i wonder because you know we'll never really well eventually we'll probably be able to figure out but I wonder when I'm looking at my dog, like, does she think about, like, does she think about things (laughs) like, or, or like dog thoughts, just like whatever is happening in their body basically. Or does she think like, man, I'm really glad these people found me when I uh, was in that shelter or whatever. Like, I'd really love to know how much of what we think we're like, we think we're so alone Mm-hmm. in the, the universe uh, because we can't find any other being that we can communicate with. Are we, though? Like, are we communicating? Right. Like, we keep these, we keep pets. We, You know, I, I feel very close to my dog. I've felt close to, you know, cats and things in time. I know people feel very close to horses and things. Like, so many different animals people can seem to get on a vibe with mm-hmm. without being able to fully communicate it makes me wonder like how much of our humanity how much of the thing that we think is so special and unique to us is actually very widespread and if we would become more in tune with the things around us we'd realize how we're not alone and everything's kind of working in synergy together the treasure is here like yeah.
1: You, yeah, you have you have the key to your own shackles. <laughs> yep, it's all there for you. Just unlock and go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm 100 on board with that. I that sort of thing astounds me every day, and unfortunately, it leads to some pretty depressing thoughts too. Yeah, um, such as why why can't it be this way? Yeah, um, why can't it just be so? It <laughs> yeah. seems like it could be so easy, right? Yeah, aren't you curious? Yeah. Don't you want to yeah. know? Yeah. Um, Yeah, so when I picked up this book, I I definitely didn't know that I was going on this ride, you know. So it's like, oh, honey, I'm just going to pick up my tablet and
0: and read this here funny book. And five
1: (laughs) grams of psilocybin (laughs) mushrooms later, I'm like, what does it mean? (laughs) Yeah. What what is is my language? It's nuanced emotion, right? Right. We're all just feeling each other.
0: Um, Your wife is like, so good comic or <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what's happening here <laughs> <Very good. laughs> i remember one time this is a real quick story um i i got some ls this was not long after my wife and i had left the the mormon church i got some lsd mm-hmm. uh, because i loved taking lsd before i became mormon yep. uh, i got some lsd and i took some one night uh and my wife was asleep and i watched uh fritz lang's metropolis oh wow And I went and woke my wife up to tell her the mind blowing like experience I had just had. Mm -hmm. And uh, like a a couple minutes into it, my wife was like, "Are you on something?" (laughs) (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Yes, I am.
1: Oh man, it's fun. You know what? It's so funny you say that, though, because the two things that I really wanted to try to squeeze in, but I knew I wasn't going to be able to do, mm. uh, was, was not hallucinogens. Um, was <laughs> Metropolis and Bicentennial Man. I wanted oh, to watch yeah. those two
0: things before we did this. I didn't have time, unfortunately. But Metropolis is it- one of my absolute favorite yeah. films of all time. Uh, it, I I need to find an excuse to talk about it somewhere. Yeah, it's yeah. I, it's just a funny sort of interesting
1: coincidence that, that you mentioned that because I had mm. been contemplating that <laughs> pretty good bit. <laughs> Ultimately though, I found that like the story itself didn't really mesh Yeah. Um, with vision, yeah. but right. uh, But that's, that is a separate, yeah. separate discussion. Yeah. All right, man. Well, Oh God, thanks again. I know we kind of went over the, uh, we kind of went over time, but you know, <laughs> sometimes conversations are just too damn good. That's how it happens. Yes, sir. I, so I, for that, I want to thank you tremendously for for taking time out of your night to join me. No problem. Well, Steve, do you have any closing thoughts? Anything you'd like to say before we wrap this one up?
0: uh read more comic books.
1: Yes, is there that a go. reminder or is that a? That's just everybody. That just okay.
0: Anybody, if you don't read comic books, pick up a comic book. Yep, you might
1: be real fucking surprised. Like you I might was. be. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, Steve. Well, you have a good night, man. Yeah, you too. Take care. Thanks again to Hollywood Steve, not only for joining me, but for suggesting that series in the first place. The vision is one that I'm going to treasure for a long, long while. Don't forget to listen to Hollywood Steve on Dead and Lovely, also. And please do check out my ongoing reviews on fanaticmedia.org. We just published the Vision Number Six review, so essentially everything that we covered. Or mentioned on this episode has been covered in those reviews so moving forward issues 7 through 12 it should be uncharted territory for y'all it's uh, well hell it's uncharted territory for me Uh, but this has been another show in the bag y'all that leaves one more for the year one more uh, episode 12 I believe and I did say it was gonna be hard so that is something that I want to do it's, it's what I said I was going to do, and I want to be a man of my word. Now, that also leaves three three fucking Star Wars episodes that uh, that I have to do before the end of the year. And so much has happened uh, in, in the world of Star Wars. I don't even know what to do, where to go, what to say, who to say it to. Fuck. Um, but we do need to do episode 7 eight and nine and those are coming together for me and uh and I do have some guests lined up and I think it's going to be great and I'm going to have a lot of fun I hope you all have a lot of fun listening to them once more I've been your host Grayson Parker Marcotte thank you for listening to the Sleeping Giant podcast until next time y'all.